All right, News Roundup Information Overload Hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. I saw Tucker last night had this guy on. Um, I've never heard of this group. Have you ever heard of this group, Oath Keepers, Linda? I, I mean, do you know any of these people? Because I do not. I do not know them, but I have read about them in some of the documentation. Okay, it's sort of like, you know, well, Hannity once interviewed a guy from this group. I'm like, I don't even know who you're talking about. I mean, it's it's nuts. Anyway, apparently this guy wasn't even at they did not enter the Capitol and they're charging him with sedition. You got some Democrats hoping they can charge Donald Trump with sedition. Here is what we now know. We now know that Kevin McCarthy, uh, well, he gave a great speech yesterday, I thought, saying, no, hell no, I'm not going before this illegitimate committee. Now, the Republicans were willing to participate in order to get answers to prevent the Capitol from ever having a riot again. I'd like to see the committee also formed that would look into the 2020 riots, as I've been saying, that killed dozens of people, injured thousands of cops, and caused billions in property damage through arson and looting. Uh, that committee is non-existent right now. But then we discovered, and we were able to confirm, from Mark Meadows, President Trump, Cash Patel, the Department of Defense, the Defense Chief of Staff, uh, the Defense Secretary, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, they were all there. Donald Trump as the law requires, uh, sign the order allowing 20,000 National Guard troops to be called up two days before January 6th. Now, why would Donald Trump do that? The answer should be obvious. We had 574 riots with all the damage I just mentioned over the summer of 2020. Um, we had hundreds of thousands of people that were anticipated to show up on january the 6th we knew that political tensions in the country are high we know whenever you have a large crowd there's always bad actors in a crowd uh everybody seems to never want to ask the question remember we had the reporting of people pre-positioning certain items around the city uh in preparation of the march to the capitol we've never gotten to the bottom of that and anyway, after the president, as is legally required, signed off on the 20,000 guardsmen and women, uh, then the chain of command goes to the D.C. mayor, Muriel Bowser, and she said she will not call up the troops. And, of course, the person responsible for protecting the Capitol is Nancy Pelosi as Speaker of the House in conjunction with the Sergeant of Arms. And... And anyway, so Kevin McCarthy started to participate. He put on the committee Jim Jordan and Jim Banks, and I'm sure they would have done a deep dive into these important questions. But the chairman of the committees, a gentleman by the name of Benny Thompson, when asked on fake news CNN whether or not Nancy Pelosi was was going to be questioned, no, she's off limits. And Nancy Pelosi, my understanding, my reporting, uh, is confirmed by numerous people, is not being required to hand over text messages on the days leading up to January 6th, the days after, or emails or phone records, nor is the sergeant of arms. Nobody's talking to the Capitol Police chief that had requested National Guard troops on six separate occasions, including occasions before January 6th. Uh, nobody's bringing in or demanding correspondence from the D.C. mayor where they're not subpoenaing Pelosi. They're not subpoenaing any of these people. Now, if the true goal of the committee was to get to the bottom of this, you have to ask the question. If we had 20,000 guard troops there, as Donald Trump had requested, 
would January of 6th ever have occurred? The answer, I believe, is a strong affirmative no. It would not have happened. Now the question is, why are they protecting the people that refused to call up the guard knowing what the conditions in the country were the summer before? It makes no sense. And then, of course, uh, Pelosi kicks off Jim Banks and Jim Jordan and replaces them with the two biggest Trump haters in the Republican Party, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. Okay, so uh, Minority Leader McCarthy and Jim Jordan and everybody else is saying, this is a sham committee with a predetermined outcome. They can write their report right now. Donald Trump sucks. Donald Trump caused this. Donald Trump is bad, bad, bad. Put them in timeout, whatever they're going to say. But it's not going to do a damn thing to prevent this from ever happening again. And we must, as a country, protect our cities like we can't have what happened in the summer of 2020 and our institutions and our elected officials. This is not complicated. Anyway, Jim Banks of Indiana is with us. Eric Eggers is the vice president of the Government Accountability Institute. Uh, Thank you uh, both for being with us. Uh, you know, I'll start with you, Jim Banks. I mean, you were on the committee. Were you ever given a reason why you and Jim Jordan were kicked off the committee? No, of course not, Sean. The, the reason is obvious, though. I mean, Jim Jordan and I, from the outset, were asking these questions about Nancy Pelosi's role and responsibilities in overseeing the United States Capitol Police Department and the, the negligence that led to a breakdown of security at, at the Capitol that day. Now, you've got McCarthy and... A lot of others who have been subpoenaed or, or have been requested at least to come and speak in front of this committee, uh, my, my message to all of them is that nobody should be forced to participate in the sham committee when Nancy Pelosi has yet to turn over documents to the bipartisan Senate Homeland Security Committee. She's refused to turn over documents about the, the central focus of, of uh, the National Guard and why the National Guard troops weren't called to the Capitol because of, quote, bad optics. If she's refusing to participate... Why should Kevin McCarthy or Jim Jordan or anyone else be uh, forced to participate in the sham committee in the House? I mean, it's so obvious that this would be the way to prevent something like this from ever happening again. Eric Eggers. No, absolutely. And I think Congressman Banks is exactly right. This is obviously something that's being leveraged to score political points with no real interest in pursuing the truth. Uh, We all watched what happened on January 6th. I mean, I spent a lot of time on your show, Sean, and elsewhere asking very real and honest questions about what it would look like to conduct an election in 2020, what it would look like to conduct an unprecedented election amidst the highest volume ever of mail-in ballots, amidst um, areas that were no longer political sterile, where you had political actors actively participating in the collection and delivery of ballots. And all people were doing is asking questions about that. And so so to try to take whatever happened on January 6th and turn that into uh, this large effort to censor and shut down everything else that's happened in the country since then, I'm just glad we have people like Congressman Banks that are asking the right questions. Oh, I am, too. I mean, by by a long shot, because they don't care about getting uh, to the truth about this. Let me ask both of you about this this issue and this report um, uh, that came out that we now know that there were people involved in influencing the Biden government in terms of looking into parents at school board meetings uh, and and trying to determine if they were going to characterize them as domestic terrorists. Now, Biden's education secretary apparently might have helped initiate the 
now retracted letter to the DOJ requesting that they spy on parents under the Patriot Act. Jim Banks, are you kidding me? What country is this? Well, it just goes to show that the biggest domestic threat to our freedoms, to the Constitution, to Americans everywhere comes directly from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I mean, this this report is it's not shocking because we knew all along that the White House was involved in this, but it just goes to prove that it that was happening at the at the Biden White House's direction to go after parents, to declare war on parents by naming them domestic terrorists using the Patriot Act, Sean, which we I served in Afghanistan, you know, and, and, and went went and served my country in Afghanistan in uniform. We're gonna we're gonna use the Patriot Act, which we use against uh, a foreign terrorist against parents who have who show up at school board meetings to complain about mask mandates or critical race theory being taught in schools or who reach out to school board members. Uh, this White House is responsible for the letter that the National School Board Association sent uh, to the DOJ and the response that from the Biden White House saying that they're going to go after parents. Now we know how long they were behind it to begin with. And your take, uh, Eric Ergers. So we actually have a new report out at the Government Accountability Institute, and what we did is we poured over the political spending and the political activity of America's top teachers' unions. And some of the findings from our report, I think, help speak to everything Congressman Banks and you have been raising on this issue for some time, and we obviously appreciate uh, your points. You know, what we found is that the teachers' unions have become political partners with Democrat uh, officials, including the Biden White House. And that's one of the reasons why you're seeing they're able to leverage Department of Justice officials. That's one of the reasons why teachers unions are able to help the CDC write guidelines. That's one of the reasons why Chicago teachers unions are in opposition to a Democrat mayor in Chicago who's begging them to get back in the classroom, but they feel so empowered because they've transitioned and transformed themselves into a political powerhouse. Their campaign spending is up 400% over the last four election cycles. And if you look at their internal resolutions, these are the documents that say, hey, here's what we as teachers unions are, these are what our priorities are. They've admitted it's no longer pension and health care for the people actually doing the work of educating America's future. They've fully admitted that they are now political organizations. They've passed 34 internal resolutions, Sean, in 2020, 16 of them are about issues like critical race theory and social justice. Another four are about gender dysphoria and LGBT issues. So this is no longer the, the union. This is no longer a group that's represented people. They're teaching math. These are now full-on political actors, and it's making its way into the classroom. And I'm just glad that parents are waking up and having a voice in opposition to it. Quick break more with Congressman Jim Banks of Indiana, Eric Eggers, VP of the Government Accountability Institute. This is the Sean Hannity Show, now heard on over 660 radio stations across America. Thanks to all of you for making this happen. Sean Hannity. Portions of the following program were pre-recorded. As we continue with Congressman Jim Banks of Indiana, Eric Eggers, uh, vice president of the Government Accountability Institute, we have a new governor running in the state of Illinois. We'll tell you about you'll meet him next somebody, you know, 
uh, and much more. We'll get to your calls, 800-941-SEAN. But first, we continue. Jim Banks, let's be honest here. A few angry parents at a school board meeting is is hardly uh, domestic terrorism. Um, it's sort of like, you know, Terry McAuliffe saying parents should have no role in their kids' education. Um, I actually like the fact that parents are engaged and parents care about their kids' education. And and parents are the ones that pay for these schools through their property taxes, etc. They have every right to be there, and at times they have every right to express their anger over draconian COVID measures or or other things as well, critical race theory. They, you know what? They they have they, they I actually think they have a responsibility to do it. Now I say that as a parent that never went to a school board meeting or any school meeting, frankly, because I could I, I just didn't want to involve myself in it. If I show up in the room, forget it, all hell breaks loose. Yeah, this is the Democrats' worst nightmare. I mean they, they have they have awakened a sleeping giant. I mean, Sean, I I have three daughters who are in grade school. And I, I see parents everywhere, all over, all over Indiana, rising up and going to school board meetings for the first time who weren't interested in these issues before. And the fact that the, that the, the Biden White House lied about their role in soliciting this letter from the School Board Association, again, that calls on, on, on the Biden White House to use the powers of the Department of Justice, the federal powers of the government, to go after parents. They, they wanted that to be secret, and now it's out in the public where everyone knows that it's the Democrats and Joe Biden and his White House who have who have waged this war on parents. This is their worst nightmare because it's going to have a political effect in the midterm election, unlike anything that they've ever seen before. Well, I just think and, and I'd, I'd like to see more people, you know, get involved in their kids education. I think that makes schools stronger, not weaker. I think school board members maybe need uh, a little less sensitivity training. And they need to have, be able to have honest discussions and be able to take, you know, criticism. Now, if people get out of line, Eric Eggers, uh, if they threaten violence of any kind, obviously, in a situation like that, that would be a matter for local police. Um, most school board members that I know of, they might be elected. They usually don't get paid for those positions. It's a thankless job. But they do it because they care that much about the school system. I know people on school boards. I'm like, why the hell would you ever do that? You're out of your freaking mind. Well, everybody needs a hobby, Sean. But you're exactly right. Uh, we already have solutions in place for parents that get out of the line. It's called the police. Uh, they do show up at times to meetings. We certainly didn't need the federal government to insert themselves with the threats of domestic terrorism or anything else. And that just speaks to what I think is the disconnect between the ruling elites that are, that are sort of empowered by political power from teachers' unions and the fact that the Democrat mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, got up, and when she was announcing that school would resume in Chicago, who was the number one group, the first group that she thanked? It was parents. She thanked parents for standing up. She said, we need your voice. We need your fight. And I, for one, am glad to have it. And that just speaks to the divide that has emerged between the people that are in charge of the education system and the people that are actually in charge of the kids who are in the education system. And that's such an important dynamic. And I think Congressman Banks is right. I think you're right. We're, I think that this has been a great awakening for parents. And I'll tell you what, just based on the parents I know and have spoken to, between the threat of the things being taught in the classroom when they're open and the threat of the classrooms being closed again at the latest you know, flu bug that's circulating around, I don't think parents are going away anytime soon. I thank you both for being with us. We really appreciate uh, your insight, as always. And uh, Congressman Banks, 
Uh, why don't you just tell Liz Cheney she can write her her I hate Donald Trump report now and and tell the the chairman Benny Thompson he could write it now because it's already written, I and mean, they might as well I'll release it. And here's my prediction: they're going to release it in October. Anyone want to take bets on that? Mm-hmm. Just, just prior to the midterms. Anyway, thank you both. 800-941-SHAWN is our number. Uh, speaking of elections, you just don't vote in November. You vote every single month with the money that you spend and the companies that you spend it with. Now, if you're still a customer of one of those large, overpriced wireless carriers, you're also supporting candidates and issues that they donate to. Listen, I've been telling you, you can save the average family saving close to $1,000 a year by making the switch to Pure Talk away from Verizon, T-Mobile, AT&T. And guess what? For the exact same 5G network, for the exact same cell towers, and you keep your phone, you keep your phone number. Why would you pay, uh, you know, nearly $1,000 more a year per family? This is the exact same service. Anyway, just dial pound 250 on your cell phone. Say the keyword save now. You begin saving money immediately. Pound 250 on your cell, keyword save now. You save money immediately for the exact same service from our friends at Pure Talk. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. I, I spoke out about the mayor's race in New York, and a, a good friend of mine, uh, we worked together for years. Uh, he literally has dedicated decades of his life to keep New York City safer by forming the Guardian Angels and and forever following through on it, Curtis Sliwa. I'm looking at the people that are, are running for governor in New York, Lee Zeldin and and uh, Mayor Giuliani's son, Andrew Giuliani, and uh, oh, Rob Astorino is running. And I and these are all uphill battles. I I knew it was going to be hard for Curtis. He did really well, better than many people expected, in a city that. Democrats outnumber Republicans nine to one in and and that is such a high population area. It's it's very tough to win as a Republican. Um, there is a new entry into the governor's race in the great state of Chicago. Happens to be a friend of mine, also a longtime friend. And well, here's his announcement. Hi, I'm Ann Cal Muller. I am going to announce right here that I'm running for governor. We live in the greatest state in the union, right here in the heart of America. Well, it used to be the greatest state. It's not anymore. It's fallen on hard times, and it's not your fault. You've worked hard. You've paid your enormous taxes. It's fallen to disrepair because you've been sold out. Well, the buck's going to stop here when I'm governor. We aren't flyover. We're good, hardworking people. We are We are the heart of America. I'm going to get the heart beating again. Left, right, all this. Stop all that nonsense. They're both selling you out. I'm something different. I'm actually worried about you and your family. Yeah, we're going to be releasing everything every week, more and more information. You can find out what the campaign is all about on my YouTube channel, Mancal Microaggressions, and you can link to it through my Instagram and get constant video updates. I think you're going to be very happy. Hi, I'm Mancal Muller, and I'd like your vote for governor. All right, Mancal joins us now, uh, one of the most successful syndicated radio hosts in, in history of morning radio. Uh, by the way, that ad was kick-ass. I love that ad. Good. But you're out of your freaking mind, but that was a kick-ass ad. You know, I, I'm not out of my mind. I, I, that's the first I've heard of it. That was me messing around in the studio. It's not, <laughs> it's not really the real ad, but uh, something we put up on the Internet. You know, you know, Sean, I, are, you running for, are you ever going to run for the presidency? We've talked about this for 20 years. Okay, seriously, I, I'd get five people to vote for me, but thank you for the kind words. And, why, and you must no. hate me because who would ever want to go through the hell that Donald Trump went through? 
Sean, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here in this state. Uh, I own a, a beautiful restaurant here called Marquesa. I had a Ford dealership. I'm in, I'm a businessman. I have two daughters that you know, and I can't take them into the city. It's, it's a bloodbath. My taxes are $45,000 a year on my home. I've done well in radio, not as good as you, but, uh, I can't, I can't retire here at this place that I love. The exodus is happening. It's a mass exodus from Illinois, and I really believe I can end all that. But it is David versus Goliath. It, it, it's you know the Republican Party here. It's for the most part, not all of them, but it's it's the same coin. It's it's uh, the generals versus the globetrotters, right? It's fake. No, they're weak. They're, listen, I've said this for years about Republicans. Many, many, not all, many are weak, spineless, feckless, visionless. You know, one thing I do know about you, Mankow's a guy that has more energies. You kind of remind me of Trump in the energy department. I mean, endless, boundless energy and enthusiasm, and, and you're always upbeat, and you're always happy. And I know over the years, I mean, you used to do a pretty – pretty racy morning show more in the yeah. shock jock realm and you you evolved as you got older um and now you're taking this big step and you've always been successful at everything that you've ever done i want you to win i want to be very clear here i want you to win i would love i you know since 2009 man cow i'm the only one that i know on national television that would scroll the names of all these people being shot and shot and killed in Chicago. You can predict right here and now on this Friday, uh, whatever number of people are going to be shot this weekend, and you're probably going to be close, how many of those shot will die, and nobody ever lifts a finger, and nobody, we, we don't talk about those lives that should matter, and matter to me and matter to you, because yep. what, we can't politicize it? I, I, I have two incredible comments, if I can say so myself. One is I did an interview yesterday, and, you know, the mayor refused to talk to white reporters. And I was friends with this mayor. This mayor did my show a lot. I'm talking about Lori Lightfoot, who's been a disaster. And I call her Dr. Lori, uh, said, Lori Lightweight, but go ahead. Yeah, and I, I said, I said, how, you know, she wouldn't talk to me because I'm white after she got elected. How racist is that? And, uh, you know, brother, I want to cut the guy. Well, I, I, I don't want to give you the campaign speech, but uh, I really can't fix it. Uh, what no, you no, do? you want to know the truth? I want to hear it. Give me well, the, let, give let me, me because uh, I can give you conservatism in a minute and what it means to me. I'll let you give yours and then I'll give you my one minute speech. Okay. I'd like, I'd like to hear that. And, and I'm, you know, I'm a big fan and a friend of yours as well, but you and I have a lot of mutual friends through this radio show. You come from nothing. I come right. from nothing where I come from. Uh, look, look, no, nobody gets where I'm at from where I come from. Suicide Falls, Missouri. I mean, no one in my family. And I've been very blessed and I have a lot of goodwill and a, and a lot of friends and fans here in this, in this city. And, there's a lot of, I've been able to interview everybody, and I've learned that all these politicians, most of them, liars, fakes, phonies, and I always wanted to do something, and I'm sure that's what you felt doing your TV show and your radio show. God, I, 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 could, I could fix this. And what I don't know is I, I you know, I, I have people, I, I've interviewed the best of everybody. I can assemble a team that can fix this. I'm going to cut gas prices by, well, in half, pre-Trump. They jacked them up during Trump because they didn't want people to have, a, have the, the feeling that the economy was good, and that's the truth here. Uh, you know, the exodus, people are leaving Illinois. I would reward them to come home. Property taxes cut. Um, and crime, you've got to support the cops. Look, I saw these guys defecating in the stores, chasing me down the street, yelling racist things at me. And and they and I was told by my corporation, uh, they said that I should refer to them as righteous people, uh, you know, looting <laughs> in Chicago. They should be righteous. <laughs> okay. And, 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 
and, and let me let me say one more silly little thing, and, and this is for everybody that's listening, for the most part, they're going to laugh, but we're not allowed to have the 4th of July in Chicago. I'm going to bring back the 4th of July. Well, in other words, I saw your platform. You're going to legalize and tax firework sales. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm amazed. I go down to, like, Florida, and they sell fireworks in, like, Walmart. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So here's yeah. my speech. And, and, As a conservative, I believe in liberty. I believe in freedom. I believe in capitalism. I believe in our Constitution. I believe that every American should, we should have law and order so they can be safe and secure to pursue happiness. I believe that parents deserve school choice. Our schools have failed our yes. children on a spectacular level, and we can do better than that. Uh, I believe in lower taxes, less bureaucracy, constitutionalists on the bench that believe in separation of powers. I believe in free and fair elections and election integrity. Uh, measures must be adopted in every state and not federalized. I believe in legal immigration, but I support the Trump agenda to secure our borders. Energy independence. Trump got us energy independence. We were a net exporter of energy. Free and fair trade deals. Peace through strength. That about some. Oh, and, and I believe that Americans ought to have the right to the the First and Second Amendment, which seem to come into question a lot. That's it, man, Kyle. That's, uh, that you well, want to okay. sum up Sean Hannity's belief system. There you go. I, I jumped in the governor's race. We need Sean Hannity for president, and uh, yeah. this guy's not going to last another three years. And, you nope. know, what you said, what, what you said, Sean, and we don't say it enough, it, it can, the one thing that can save America, honestly, the one thing, one thing that we could do immediately would be school choice. Uh you know, my daughter. Do, 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 do you know, do you know something? I, if yeah. if people they can't do any worse in Illinois, if they just what have they got to lose? Remember, Trump would say that to people in the in the twenty sixteen yeah. election. What do you got to lose? What have they got to lose? Because the state is sinking into the abyss, like New York and California and New Jersey. You're right there with them, and that's why people are leaving Illinois in droves, and many are headed to Texas and Florida. They have given these kids no school for two years. We care the children, the children. You know, whenever you hear them talk about the children, you're about to use, you're about to lose a freedom, or 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 you know more of your money. Look, they, they want to keep people where they are. They don't want school choice because they want a stupid population. And uh, that's that's what they're, you know, I'm going to tell you something. It, look at Chicago. Let's take let's take your biggest city and, and isolate it for a second. If you became governor and you could create law and order so every person in Chicago is safe and secure. And if you can give kids in Chicago school choice uh take take whatever amount of money in new york city it's like over forty thousand dollars per student per year and they fail at a, on a spectacular level if you were able to do those two things in the city of chicago you would be one of the most successful governors in the history of illinois now we know how to keep cities safe follow the rudy giuliani model we know how to educate kids it's not that hard there are great schools that we can mimic, and it's got to start yeah. in it, it's got to start in kindergarten all the way through high school. Every kid should be proficient in reading, math, science, history, and computers by the time they graduate. They're not. Yeah, look, our Illinois schools are turning out dummies. It's by design. It's just like television. You know, television. It's everybody's stupid. Everything is so stupid. Because it's by design. We, we are being dumbed down like cattle so that we will follow our new masters. And they don't want any choice. They don't, like you said, you believe in, in fair elections. We don't have that. Our, our elections are not fair. They're fixed. 
It's all scripted. The script is for Pritzker to win by double digits. And then we've got a, a, a Republican here that is running that is uh, pro-BLM, pro-mandates, pro-school closures, pro-church closures. It's all, it's all a facade. It's all fake. It's all professional wrestling. And here I am jumping in the mix, uh, screaming out freedom. I don't know what kind of ch- uh, chance I have, Sean, but uh, your kind words inspire me. And, 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 and well, let me ask you this. Let's, let's talk about this because I have some ideas for you. Yeah, And I've been doing this now 33 years on radio, 26 years now on Fox. If you can believe that, I should have been fired on day one. Uh, but but here here's what I would do. I'd go right into the heart of Chicago. I'd go to I'd go to churches. I'd go to school board meetings. I'd go where, wherever the people are and say, excuse me, can I make a pitch? Uh, yeah. How's it working for you? Why, why are we, st- why every single weekend is it 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 people shot? We can stop that. Will you help me? Do you want me to stop that? If you vote for me, I'll stop it. I will hire the right amount of police officers. We'll yeah. institute real policing. You know, uh, catch, stop, and frisk would be one thing. And are you happy with your kids' education? Would you like to, t- we pay on average whatever the amount is in Illinois. We'll write you that check every year, and then you pick the school of your choice. Would you prefer that? Because I think you would. And I can only do it if you vote for me. Go into some Republicans are a bunch of wusses. They won't go anywhere, you know, where they think they might get booed or have an egg thrown at them or whatever might happen. You know what? That's not how you win. You win by uh, by appealing to people directly. And I know, look, you connect with people. You've connected people all these years on the radio. It's not easy to be a successful long-term radio host. It's not. Sean, Willie Wilson is a great black leader. I go to all black churches almost every Sunday. I get up and I speak. I'm already doing what you're, what you, what you're advising. John Canzanzara, you've had him on your show, is a brave uh, uh, lawman. And, yes, it's really easy. When somebody breaks the law, you arrest them and you charge them. We have a catch-and-release program here. Kim Fox, the Juicy Smollett story, you know that whole deal. It's a, it's a joke, and the bad guys know it. And I would also loosen up the laws. The laws are so tough to get a gun, uh, you know, for a good person to get a gun to protect yourself. I would loosen things up, and they just make it impossible. And when, when the good guys have guns and the bad guys know we can fight back, it ends all this crap. And I can do all that. I'm also going to get rid of the red light cameras, which are gotcha tickets. It's all... Uh, you know, taxation without representation. I'm going to get rid of the toll booths, which were built on a lie. And we're going to have more than enough money. I want all the kids to get an education. I want school choice. But we are being so ripped off, and, and, and these lemmings just line up. And it's been 100 years of Democratic rule. This city, nobody wants to come here. Nobody wants to be near this place. And they want more of it. Unbelievable. Well, listen, Man Cow Muller, thank you. What's the website? People can uh, find out more about your run for governor. Well, I haven't really launched yet. I mean, I'm kind of just getting out there. But it's uh, mancowforgovernor.com. And I, I'm going to see you tonight, aren't I? I believe so. You're going to be on Hannity. And uh, I miss your old uh, morning hits on Fox. They used to be amazing. Uh, anyway, Man Cow Muller running for governor, Illinois. I, look, it's David and Goliath, but I admire you jumping in the ring and forget about the results. Just go out and fight every day for the people because they that will begin to resonate. That's my humble advice. And I wish you well, my friend. Sean, did I say one more thing? Yes, sir. I've been behind the scenes with you for 20 years. And, uh, you know, the, the worst they can say about you is you're a Boy Scout or you're you know, you're a 
you're a, a he's a he's a god guy. Oh, he said he's a, I, I, their insults against you are amazing. Um, nothing. They got nothing on you. You're a true fighter, and they don't. Uh, the people listening have no idea what you've battled against, and, and you're a champion, brother. And I love you. Thank you for your friendship. Same back to you, my friend. God bless you in this uh, run. I, you know what? I'm hoping that lightning will strike. It can happen. It can well, happen. All right, I got to roll, though, bro. Miracles happen. They do. I believe in that with all my heart. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Oh, Peter Ducey's beatdown uh, earlier today. We have him. Uh, he'll be joining us. Tulsi Gabbard. Wow. Powerful comments from her today. Mark Meadows. Jim Banks will join us. Joe Concha. Ronna McDaniel. Nah, you want to run for Republican as a president? The Presidential Debate Committee will have no say in this any longer because they're always biased. Good call. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you tonight back here on Monday. Have a great weekend. You make this show possible. We can't thank you enough.